0: Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond
1: Ordinary Women Ministries. I'd like to welcome you to this third video in our series, Asking Powerful Questions. The first video was the want to, where Jill, our guest, Jill Williams, talked about wanting to do it. You need to decide if you really want to do it. And there's some reasons you need to watch that video. The second video was the framework to asking powerful questions. And she gave us a big picture view of really your whole perspective of doing this. And it's really essential to understanding this. So go back and watch that one if you haven't seen it. And this third video, the tools too, where she's going to talk about just some practical ways that turn questions into powerful questions instead of the questions that we probably normally come up with. So Jill, as we move into this, I'm excited to hear it because mm-hmm. I want to see what those specifics are, right. as I think through how to ask questions.
2: Good, good. Yeah, and I think uh, as we think about how to ask questions, it's important to realize that it's a learning process. And so as we walk through these things, um, listen to um, the, the things you're already doing because you're probably you know doing a lot of them already, and then the ones that you aren't doing that maybe are leading down a different road and not as powerful. Um, you know, just let this be a reminder to try and make some changes in how you ask questions along those things. So, And I would think this would be particularly
1: helpful if you know you're having a conversation with somebody and you need to talk about some more insightful things, right? Like if I need to have a a conversation with my child about something that's hard, Yes. I might think of some of these questions in advance. I think so. Because they're not just going to come out. That's something you have to work out, right? Very
2: true. And the more you do it, the more natural it'll be, and you might actually have some favorite questions that kind of stick with you that you can apply to different situations. Could happen. It's
1: good to know. Yeah, it could happen.
0: Yeah,
2: great. I do. Um, and so well, let's start with just some general guidelines, right? So we want to open, ask open-ended questions, not closed, and I think this is probably pretty um, understood, but we still do it all the time. We ask yes or no questions quite regularly of one another, and a yes or a no can be done with a yes or a no answer. Um, but some people might continue to keep talking and if they do it's not necessarily the question that that drove that it's the person so we have an opportunity in asking the question to to actually help the person draw out even if they wouldn't more naturally do that yeah that's great so yeah I mean one one question that I was asked recently was a yes or no question and and I it actually became a very powerful question for me but I, I responded to it in a way that I engaged more. Had she asked me in a different way, I probably would have even grown more.
1: Right, right. And and sometimes if you realize you've just asked a yes or no question, you can follow yes. it up with Absolutely. a question asking for further information, right. which
2: will be the powerful question That's really exactly in the end. Right. That's exactly right. So just be aware of, of asking yes or no questions because they're closed-ended. Um, and so another Another thing that we want to consider is that we ask questions that open up possibilities, that open up um, even creative solutions, thoughts that maybe are, are new, ways you've done things, uh, you know, haven't done them in the past. And one of the skills to think about with this is to start your questions with what, how, and when, rather than why why tends to leave us in this place of being stuck, not necessarily opening up possibilities, because we're talking about why we haven't gotten something or why we haven't done something. Or, but adding the what or the when or the how will drive us to places of possibilities. Well, you know, what could you do? <laughs> how could you do that? And when are you going to do that? I'll lead you to places of, of movement, of moving forward.
1: Right. Well, instead of saying, why well, haven't you done that, which feels yeah. a little bit like an attack. Oh, that
2: too. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Because I've tried using that with other people to Why try to you? get them to realize that they're not doing what they're supposed yes. to do. Yes. <laughs> and asking yes, it a question right. instead of, but yeah, but I mean, that's really good. So
2: you want to go with what, when, and how, and how. Mm-hmm. Possibilities. They open up possibilities. And in a situation like this, for example, if you are facilitating a Bible study, and everyone's going through, you're going through the questions, and everyone's just stuck on one, and where no one's really talking about one of the answers, but it happens to be one that's pretty important to address, so you don't want to just skip over it. As a facilitator, you could ask a question that says, like, well, why are we stuck on this? That would, that would actually get people talking, Mm -hmm. but it would be talking about why we're stuck, and so using a different word can change the, the kind of the direction of the conversation to be more productive using the word what can we do to get unstuck here what information might we need that we don't have what are we not thinking about it moves us in a direction where we're heading out rather than going deeper in
1: yeah that's really great advice um great okay what else what are what else do we need to do as we think about these kinds of questions
2: okay so this is a big one and it's one that's so it's just diff- it's difficult to not do, um, but it's called leading questions. Um, for example, how are you feeling? Discouraged? <laughs> <laughs> like we just throw that word out and don't even realize that what I'm doing then is I'm not asking you how you're feeling, I'm leading you to tell me that you're discouraged. Right, and because I've already decided you're discouraged. I've decided that you're discouraged. Right, right. that's right, it's a leading question. And so um, leading questions, Shut people down. I think they shut people down a couple of ways. Um, if someone is aware that you're leading them, it could just shut them down. They don't. They're not interested. You're. 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 You don't. They don't feel respected. They don't feel valued. Um, it could just shut them down as an individual. To you, um, a leading question could also just shut down their curiosity because you might say that to me: "How are you feeling?" And I'm thinking, "How I'm feeling." And you say, "Discouraged." And I might say, no, not discouraged, or I might think about it and go, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of feeling a little discouraged, but I might not have said that had you not led me to it. Mm-hmm. So it can shut down my own thought process and curiosity for myself. So it can shut us down in two different ways. And I think there's a couple things we can help to safeguard ourselves against asking leading questions because it's very difficult not to ask a leading question, especially because they can be so subtly <laughs> slid in to a question. Um, and one of those ways is for us to remain curious and go back to our little framework and is my presence one of curiosity and rest or am i starting to think i know what's going on here because if that's the case i need to lean into god and i lean into them and trust that they know and get back to that place of curiosity so that's something that we can kind of check in ourselves and then the second safeguard is it's a little tip and it's something that you can add like an if at all on a question or so for example, how are you feeling, if anything? Mm-hmm. So I'm not it's even really leading you, you to think it that you're up. feeling, it's really yeah. opening it up. Mm-hmm. And and so adding those into questions can help safeguard against it being a leading question and also open up from someone even feeling like it's a leading question.
1: Yeah. So That's great. Because I know I know that um, you know, I write Bible studies mm-hmm. and as I do I try to not to ask leading questions. And I've been working and working more and more to ask more open questions and fewer leading questions in Bible study. But I have found, as I've worked through some other Bible studies, then I'm starting to read some leading questions. I'm thinking... I don't like that question, and right. it's, it's not because I've, like, grown past it or something. It's more that I'm identifying them yes, now you're seeing it. because I, I know what I want to avoid myself, and I'm starting to right. see it in other people.
2: And I think that's a really good point because the more we begin to do this, the more we begin to see it and the more aware we become of it. So that helps us to make some changes in how we interact. And I think when you think about that, when you even in the context of the Bible study there, and having a leading question in the Bible study, and you think about well, what are what are powerful questions? They're questions that get us to the maximum benefit of what we might get. And if I'm being led to a certain place in a Bible study, I might not be max. You know, might not be getting the maximum of what I would see. From what God's opening up to me in that, in that passage of scripture or whatnot. So it is.
1: Right. It's, it's, or it makes you feel that somebody's just trying to t- tell you something right. instead of for which, you to study it yourself. Which
2: can go to that place where you're getting right. shut down, which is kind of yeah. where you landed, right? Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, okay, finally,
1: yes,
2: the final thing that have is just they're short. Powerful questions are short questions. And sometimes that's hard for us because we might want to use lots of words. When we begin to use lots of words things become more unclear potentially we ramble
1: and potentially leading and really i think they become potentially leading the longer you make them that's right yeah yep wow jill this was really really helpful Mm -hmm. and i know jill is going to create a list of a couple of resources Mm -hmm. that if you want to develop this further, you just want some reminders of what she has said, they will be on our website. They will be posted with these videos. So go to beyondordinarywomen.org to our resources under general leadership and look for Jill on the video picture, and the resources should be right there beside it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.